yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. You bet your ass, baby. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow now, is there? Anybody wants to get mellow, you can turn around and get the fuck out of here, all right? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast, Podcast. with host A. Trunk. Welcome, everybody. It's Eddie Trunk, and this is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Interviews with your favorite rock and metal artists, new episodes every Thursday, available totally free wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for subscribing and checking it out. And again, the interviews you hear on this podcast originated on my Sirius XM radio show, Trunk Nation, which you can hear Monday through Friday, live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on volume, channel 106, nightly re-airs 10 to midnight Eastern, Anything you want, anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. Please be sure to join me for the radio show if you're in the U.S. or Canada and come on board with us at Sirius XM. Everybody else, this is a chance for you to hear around the world some of the things I'm doing on the radio every day. And it's a lot of interviews. The last couple of weeks have been a lot of guests. Now, at the time you're hearing this podcast, I am at sea on board the Monsters of Rock cruise, which was postponed because of COVID last year and is out at sea right now. And if you have SiriusXM, be sure to join me because I'll be broadcasting for a couple days from the ship with a lot of different artists. So hope you will join me on the ship. Maybe you're on the ship with me. Maybe you'll join me on the radio listening to me from the ship, or maybe you'll just hear what went on on the podcast next week. But I hope you come on board on the radio show, and I'm excited to be back on the cruise and uh, back hosting that. I've hosted everyone ever since they started, so that's really, really cool stuff. All right, so this week on the podcast, I've got two interviews for you once again. We're going to start with the legendary lead singer from Cheap Trick, Robin Zander. I uh, just saw Robin a few weeks ago at a great event in Key West, Florida called Rock Island. I've known the Cheap Trick guys for decades, great people, needless to say, fantastic band. And they have a Vegas run of dates coming up, end of February, beginning of March. So Robin wanted to call to tell us what was going on with those and the format for those shows, which you'll hear all about. And we get into some other stuff as well. This interview, by the way, with Robin Zander was done on Zoom. So that means there is a complete video of it as well. And for SiriusXM subscribers, you can see that on the app. Second interview coming up after Robin Zander is with guitarist Richie Kotzen, one of my favorite guitarists and singers and also an old friend. Uh, Richie it was calling in to promote dates that he was doing with Adrian Smith of Iron Maiden. But since this interview happened live on my radio show, those dates have since happened. Uh, but it's still interesting to hear him talk about this band he has with Adrian Smith, future prospects, and we also get an update on the winery dogs and a lot more. So we'll bring Richie on second uh, this week on the podcast. Robin Zander this week on the Eddie Trunk podcast. Richie Cotson a little bit later on. Here he is, the Ageless Wonder. Did this uh, about a week ago, a few days after Robin's birthday. And here is how, here's how the conversation with Robin from Cheap Trick went. Enjoy. 
I've had the great pleasure of uh, seeing these guys recently quite a bit in the last few months. Saw them in Cancun at uh, 80s in the Sand. Saw them just a few couple weeks ago in Key West, headlining one of the days of Rock Island. It's always great to uh, see them play live and always great to have the guys on this show. Joining us right now, the voice of Cheap Trick, Mr. Robin Zander. Good to see you, Robin. Good to see you, Eddie. It's always good to have you around because Cheap Trick needs a little direction in life, you know. You write our, <laughs> you write our set lists, you, you tell us how to do it. I, I don't annoy you too much with that, Robin. Of course not. I, it's always a laugh for me. I love it. I left you, know, you alone, never, in, I left you alone in Key West. I you left did. you alone you in did. Key West. But I, asked, I, I asked you if you would, you know, or whatever. But anyway, right. you know, it's uh, it's always good to have you around. Well, I appreciate it, man. It's, it's good. Well, thank you. It's nice of you to say. It's it's good to have you guys around still kicking ass after all these years. I, I texted you a happy birthday, but I'll say it on the air. Belated happy birthday. 69 well, years old a few days ago. How you feeling, yes. man? I feel fine. I feel great. And, you know, I'm, I'm just lucky to be alive. You know, it seems like after all these years of being on the road, something bad should have happened to me. But nothing <laughs> did. <laughs> God forbid. Well, when I texted you, your response to me was like, you texted me back and you go, thank you. Another year closer to death. I was like, what a way to look at it. <laughs> well, it's true. It's not like, you know, that's the truth. It is true, but you don't usually yeah. like to frame it like that. What do you, what do you, what did you do on your birthday? Just family stuff or what'd you do? I hung out with my wife and, uh, I don't get to do that that often. So that was very cool. Um, uh, yeah, so that's about it. I didn't do much. She uh, got a cake and we ate a bunch of cake. And now I'm trying to shed that cake somehow. But, you know, <laughs> well, when you, you get do... older, you know, you got to watch out. <laughs> well, yeah, well, oh, tell me about it. And when and when you get older, <laughs> you enjoy every birthday. I mean, I know that it sucks getting older. But as I said to you uh, off the air, I said, man, uh, most of us would would kill like to look like and sound like you do at 40, let alone 69. So, I mean, I talk about it all the time, man, and I'm sure you're tired of hearing about it, but we, you are one of the people that when I have conversations with my audience, we, we call this group of people, the freaks. And we mean this in the best of ways because they seemingly don't age visually, vocally. And there's a very rare group of people and you're in that group. And uh, I don't know, do you, do you attribute it to just genes? Is it, is it clean living? Do you have a regimen? What, what is it? Um, I really don't know. I don't have an answer for that. But, you know, my, my dad always, you know, seemed to never change. Uh, neither did my grandpa. So, I mean, I guess maybe genes is what it is. But I don't really see that in myself so much. When I look in the mirror, uh, I look pretty old. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you do not look 69. But are you like uh, are you like a very health conscious guy? Like, are you super careful about what you eat or anything like that? Do you have an exercise regimen or you just wake up and that's you? I just wake up and that's me pretty much. But I must say that my wife takes good care of me when it comes to the food. And um, she watches what I eat. And I don't get much exercise except for what I do on the road, which is quite a bit, actually. But um no, there's nothing magical about it, I don't think. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wanted to hear you so. say, oh, I do nothing but juice every day. You know, like. <laughs> no, I, no, no, no. <laughs> I, no, I don't even like. I don't even like that juicing stuff, you know. 
I'm kind of a, a steak and potatoes guy, you know? Oh, God, that's beautiful. You are so lucky. And what about vocally? I mean, again, every time I see you sing, it's amazing what you do. Are you a big warm-up guy? I'm always curious about this, and I ask yeah. singers that. I hear guys that, like, I just walk out and do it, and then I hear yeah. guys that have a big warm-up and warm-down regimen. Where are you at yeah. on that? Well, it started out where I could probably pretty much stay up for three days and not worry about it, you know. But that was when I was young and, you know, uh, back uh, when Cheap Trick first started touring heavily. It, it wasn't really important. Uh, I seemed to be able to handle it, get up and, you know, whatever I'd done the night before and still be able to do it. But as time went on, and this is one thing that I suggest to anyone who's who's a singer, um, if you over 40, you should start warming up before a show because later on in that life, it's going to take its toll on your voice because uh, it's just a muscle. And if you don't take care of it, it's going to, it's going to rot. So. Are there songs in the, you talk about the cheap trick set and we're going to get into the Vegas stuff here in a second, but are there songs in the, that, that come up on the set list? I imagine there are that are more challenging for you vocally now than they once were. Is there one that maybe uh, Rick will put in or, Tom will put in and you're like, oh, I got to do that. That's, that's going to be a challenge sure. tonight. Sure. Like, and what? I can Give tell me you a that, few. Okay. Uh, I would say the, the ballads, the ones where you actually sing, because the screaming stuff, it comes easier, I think, to me anyway. So songs like, say, Voices or uh, If You Want My Love, that's a tough one for me sometimes. Um, you know, it and and... Of course, the flame has a real high note that's difficult to sing for me sometimes. Um, take me to the top, you know. The songs that are really singing, singer songs are the ones that are harder. But um, if you warm up, it doesn't become too much of a problem. One of my all-time favorites, what I'm always hitting you guys with, and you know, I did a, a show here not too long ago where we did the cheap trick, had people call in with their 20 greatest cheap trick songs. Oh, and one of, one of the ones that was, uh, and Rick actually called in during that, but one of the ones that was really high up there for me and most of the people that called in was Tonight It's You. Uh, that, oh, was, yeah. that was in the top two, three, or four overall songs, which, which blew me away how many others yeah. love that. What, what are your thoughts on that song? Because that to me sounds like that, something that would be a nut buster. It, it is, <laughs> and it fits right in with what we were talking about. It is a difficult one to sing, you know, but, um, you know, it's, it's good. It's good to stretch out and try to hit that stuff. Uh, but it's also good to have a young boy in the band that can help you out with that stuff too. Well, and we're going to talk son. about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause he's an, he's an amazing. So we're going to, we're going to talk about that in a second, but one other thing before we move on from songs, tell me, honestly, do you, when I want you to want me comes up, is it like, Jesus, God, I got to sing this thing yet again. <laughs> Cause well, he had to do it every no. single show since the first record, I would imagine. Have you ever not done it? No, it's almost like since Budokan, um, we've had to do it every night because it's always requested. And if we don't do it, right. we get all kinds of fan mail and stuff like, why did you do that song? I'm never coming to see you again. You know, <laughs> but uh, I don't get sick of it. No, because the audience really loves it. And they, I let them sing along sometimes, you know, and I think it's just one of those songs that you have to do. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Lineup wise with Cheap Trick, wonderful in Key West to see Tom back in the band. Uh, talk oh, about just... the return of Tom and and him coming back after having sat out for a bit. Obviously, he had a heart procedure. Uh, it has to be great to have him back out there. Uh, oh, it was wonderful. We all loved it. You know, it's like, you know, getting him back and the family on tour and stuff is just fantastic. And um, I think he's been, you know, he's been working out, working himself out to where he's ready. You know, it took him a while. We've missed him all that time. Um, but um, now we've got a good summer coming up. So he says he's ready. Let's do it. The first thing he did with you, so the first the first proper show was the Rock Island show in Key West that I was at, but you actually you guys had actually done something prior to that at was it at the Baltimore Ravens game? It was. It was. And what was that? that? Was interesting. Did you just go out and do some it songs was, at halftime or Yeah, it was so freezing cold that <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> but we we only had to do a few songs so it was cool you know and, and everybody uh the reaction was great and those people in that administration there are just wonderful they were they treated us like the kings that were not you know <laughs> how did it come about that you got hit up to play at the at the ravens game in the stadium did they just reach out to you well the nfl has always been friendly to cheap trick for some reason we've we've done that uh various times we did it in japan once we did it uh kansas city um so this this is not new we've done halftime shows before um this though was uh pretty special because it was like 10 degrees below zero <laughs> right we were, we were freezing but uh yeah yeah, but uh, you know it was fun. You know we cheap. We're cheap trick. We play almost everywhere. <laughs> you do. You Doesn't really matter. do. With, with anyone on any lineup, pop That's lineup, right. metal lineup, any doesn't matter. Cheap trick goes anywhere. <laughs> Submarines, you know, out in the Atlantic, you know that kind of stuff. <laughs> Have you ever really played a submarine? No, but we were on one once. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were on one out in the middle of Pacific uh, just to see what it was like. I would have been claustrophobic, cool. I would think. I, would, I don't know if I'd like it. Uh, probably not, because I was claustrophobic. I always thought something bad was going to happen to us, but nothing did, luckily. Yeah. You know, and you mentioned Cheap Trick's history with the NFL, which is interesting, because Light Up the Fire from the latest album, In Another World, I've heard that a lot in breaks during football games. Yeah, Monday Night Football. And uh, God bless them for doing that. I had no idea that they were going to do that. And then I, I was watching it one night, and there it was. It was uh, very cool. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So while Tom was not playing with the band, your son, uh, Robin Jr., was subbing for him. And I yes. saw I saw a ver I saw that lineup of the band because that's when you guys played in Cancun when we were there a few months ago. Right, I was amazed right. at 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 how well he did. And then when I was talking to him backstage, he told me something that blew my mind, or maybe you did as well. He said that he has now subbed for everybody in the band at, at any position, except for you, of course, singing lead vocals. Right. So, so you're, so he has played, he has subbed for Dax and for Rick. He's starting to knock on that door. Believe me. Eddie, I have to push him back a little bit, but yeah, he's a talented fellow. You know, my, my son is a wonderful guy and he's a songwriter and he uh, just finished recording a record and uh, hopefully we'll see the light of day in the summer with that. 
you know, he's just a talented kid and he play, he's always been interested in playing instruments because they've been around my house since he was a baby. And uh, I, I never really gave him lessons or anything like that. He just picks stuff up and he has this wonderful ear where um, he can teach himself how to play just about anything. And he started playing the drums uh, when he was, I don't know, three, four years old. <laughs> and, uh, and he just went on from there and he learned how to play all these instruments. And he, he knows the songs better than I do. He, you know, it's just a wonderful thing to have him around. And plus now when Tom's back, he, uh, Robin will go back playing guitar. So it'll free me up to be Mick Jagger or somebody. <laughs> you know, I, 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 seeing him and seeing how he's developed as a musician, it, it, it blows me away because I remember, God, I want to say it's probably at least 10 years ago or more. I was in the Tampa area and I was a guest on Mike Calta's radio show there. And oh, you oh yeah. came in, you oh yeah. came in while I was there and That's you right. were with him and yeah. you guys were like, I see you and this kid setting up in the corner while I'm talking to Mike. And I'm like, I have my on over there. I heard my hero was going to be in this in the station. So I know those guys. So I just came. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, what's going on? And you're like, oh, yeah, this is my son. And we're doing a thing together. And you were kind of doing for a little while. You were just kind of going out there and doing some shows with them, right? Yes, we we had to warm ourselves up. We do cheap trick material and some of his material and some of my solo stuff. But uh, to get him warmed up to go out with Cheap Trick, it's a good idea to, you know, to take him out locally and do some shows. And we, we, could, we do that once in a while. So it's a lot of fun to do that, too. Robin, don't, don't take a night off from Cheap Trick, man. Your kid's, your kid's, <laughs> your kid's circling, man. He's coming for your spot, too. <laughs> I know, I know. I can't, I, can't push, I can't hold him back much longer, let's say that. And he looks like you. So, you know, you're really in trouble, man. Yeah. All he's got to do is like dye his hair blonde and, you know, something like that. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about um, let's talk about Vegas. Uh, I was telling you off the air, I have a home there now. So if you guys need a place to crash, you know, yeah. I'll give you the key. <laughs> hey, be careful what you say, because that may happen. <laughs> But you guys are playing at the uh, Stratosphere. You've got four shows, February 25, 26, and then the following yeah. weekend, March 4 and 5. Well, it's actually just called the Strat now. They shortened the name. The place is called the Strat. Right. Uh, tell me about this. Tell me about uh, Vegas and what people can expect from these four shows. Well, of course, uh, Cheap Trick tries to shoot ourselves in the foot every time we do anything. But, <laughs> you know, it just so happens Billy Joel is playing next door at the stadium. And Metallica. <laughs> And Metallica, <laughs> and Metallica that weekend. Yeah. So, right. but we're going to sneak, sneak ourselves in there um, at this place. And, and the thing is, is the idea is a good idea because we've done it something similar to this before where uh, we, in Chicago at the Metro, we did uh, the first four albums from top to bottom four nights in a row, which was a lot of fun for us to do, you know. Uh, but this time they wanted us to do uh, Budokan shows. And you know, that's pretty much what we do anyway. So instead of that, we thought, well, we need to give our fans something different that's fresh, you know, that, that will work. And so we decided we do, uh, we do a themed four nights. There's only four nights, uh, the last weekend in February and the first weekend in March. So we decided to do decades and we we're gonna fit five decades of music into four nights. 
so in other words, like from 75 to 84, we, we released In Color, Cheap Trick, Heaven Tonight, uh, One on One, Exposition Please, and All Shook Up. So we decided to do these. That'll be the first decade show on the Friday. And then Saturday, we'll do the second one, which would be, you know, the next decade, which is 85 to 94, which the, the albums then would be like, standing on the edge of the doctor and lap luxury busted and woke up with a monster. So we'll do all music from those albums. Then, okay. And uh, then the next weekend will be the decades three, which would be Budokan two, the red ant record um, and special one. And what we'll do is the Budokan two, which has other songs that, uh, that were Budokan that aren't on Budokan one. And then, um, and then uh, uh, songs from those other albums. And then the last one, uh, we decided to do like bits and pieces of Sergeant Pepper because that's when we did that show out there just to you know, please the promoters and stuff because they'd like that, I think. But uh, of course, that, those are the latest albums which would be Rockford, Bangs Him Crazy, we're all right. Uh, the Christmas album and Another World. Now those those albums, of course, uh, you know, uh, all those are fairly new songs. So we figured if we introduced, intertwined, I should say, some of the Pepper songs um, into that, then we could we could pretty much pull it off. But now each one of these decades at the end will have like a best of cheap trick thing. Like we'll do you know, the flame again, and we'll do the, the big hits at the very end. We don't have big hits, but the only hits we have. <laughs> you got big hits for sure. We'll do, we'll do, we'll do those songs at the very end um, because it is Vegas, you know, and people will want to hear those songs. So that's pretty much the idea. We haven't decided on exactly what songs we're going to do. So oh. that's, that's yet to come. Um, you know, so if you've got any suggestions from either one of those decades, uh, you better make them quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it just goes, it's what you said about at the end doing the hits, because um, I was just going to say, because it's kind of like what we just talked about a second ago. If you don't do I Want You to Want Me, if you don't do Dream Police, if you don't yes. do Surrender, if you don't do the, fl I mean, you're going to have people, especially in Vegas, people come in like through that town, they're going to they're gonna burn the place down. So you got to put exactly. that in there. But we're kind of so, used to this. We're kind of used to this because we change our set around every night. And I know, you know, as long as you surround those songs with uh, deep cuts and things like that, it works. You had mentioned doing Sergeant Peppers. Um, a good friend of mine, Ken Chanchamino, I think he booked you into yeah. the Hilton when he was working out there to do that at the time, yeah. right? Yeah, he's so a good guy. So tell me about that. Yeah, Ken's an old friend. Tell me about that experience of doing, because when did you do Sergeant Peppers out there? How long ago was that? Oh God, please. <laughs> it was, um, uh, it was, uh, I want to say like, let's see, my daughter was born in 2000. It was probably like 20 years you know, ago, two, 2014, maybe. Oh, four, oh right? 2014. Okay. So about six, seven years ago. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Cause I remember yeah, when you did, I remember when you did dream police with the orchestra. Cause I went to that yeah. in Wisconsin. And then right. I know around that time you were also doing some Sergeant Pepper shows. 
Yeah, we did it there uh, quite a bit. We did it three different stints out there with Sergeant Pepper. Do we you like it, uh, Vegas? Are you are you a fan of Vegas? Will you stay there for the week between the two weekends, or are you going to go home and come back? No, I'll go home and come back. I've got I've got a lot of uh, stuff I have to do at home, um, so I'll 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 be in and out. But the last time I stayed in L.A. and drove back and forth, which is about mm-hmm. a four hour drive, you know, and right. I had a place I had a place in Vegas and in L.A. So um, I would stay in Vegas for the shows that we did. And then I would for the days off, I would drive to L.A. and stay in the home there. But um, it's, uh, you know, it doesn't matter where you live. It's who you live with. well that's going to be great i'm glad you're doing this and uh you as you mentioned that first weekend is a crazy weekend in vegas with all a lot of stuff going on but i do plan on coming to see you one of those nights so i'm looking forward to it yeah i will come. come i will absolutely be there and and for you robin and i always tell my audience this i mean I constantly get complaints from my audience about other bands because it's like every show, it's the same songs, it's the same set every year. You can never say that about Cheap Trick. Nobody could ever say that about you guys. Where, Where does that come from? Because, you know, a lot of bands, if I talk to a lot of bands privately about why they don't change their set list more, when they're being honest, they'll tell me it's laziness because they have to rehearse those songs and it becomes work and they get so dialed in to the routine and just knocking it out. What is it for you guys that makes it so easy seemingly to change the set on such a regular basis? Well, it it was, it's pretty much what you talked about before, you know, about, I want you to want me, don't you get sick of playing that every night? Well, you would, if, if there were uh, 21, I want you to want me's in the set. Right. You know, so what we do is we change it around and mix it up so that we don't get sick of these songs because it does get, and the lazy part, what they, what they don't know is if you start adding little bit at a time, some outtakes or some, some, uh, some not hit songs and stuff and change your set around a little bit at a time before you know it, you don't have to rehearse because you know all those songs. And if you need to rehearse something, you just do it at sound check. You know, it's one one little step at a time. And before you know it, you can you can pretty much pick and choose from your whole repertoire. What what do you want? What you want? Did you guys always do that pretty much from the beginning? Or is that more of a recent thing, having all that uh, diversity in the set? Well, it, it pretty st- it pretty much started. Of course, you have to change your set around with every album. So it started like that, where if you do an album, you do in color. You got to do songs off in color. If you do. Then comes Heaven Tonight. You still do in color songs, but you got to do some Heaven Tonight songs. You know what I mean? And it just accumulates like that. Um, but uh, our set didn't change drastically until uh, until about 10 years ago, I'd say. And 10 years ago, we decided because we'd already known all those songs, why don't we just uh, wait until an hour before the show and decide what we want to do? And that's what mm-hmm. we do. We sit in the room and backstage would you want to do this song? Sure, let's do that. We haven't done that in a while, you know, that sort of thing. And I mean, Rick jokes with me all the time, but I don't know if he's jo- half the time. I never know if Rick is joking or not. But when I say to him, well, how do you know this stuff? Like, don't you have to rehearse? He goes, we don't rehearse. What are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> do, do, do no, you truthfully <laughs> not rehearse? We don't. You rehearse, really no. like if somebody yells something out that you haven't played in 10 years, you 15 years, you're just like, yeah, we can we can knock that out. Yeah, yeah. 
hey, our mistakes are better than anything we could think of. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what's even more amazing about that is, of course, you've got Dax back there on drums, who he's got to know everything. And now your son, who he even... They know we just Rick and I just follow them. I mean, it's terrible <laughs> to say, but you know. But how about your son? Because now that your son, now that Tom is back, your son's going to yeah. remain in the band as a supporting yeah. musician, like he was, right? Yeah. So, so does he know your catalog that well? He does. That's incredible to me. Yeah, that's an amazing. That is really well. It really would cool. it would be it would be incredible if those two kids didn't grow up with our music. I mean, they grew up listening to our music, so you know they they were pretty well uh, rehearsed in that all that stuff. Right, but I mean, I talk to a lot of musicians who have kids, and they're like, "Yeah, my kids don't know anything. <laughs> like they, yeah. they don't listen to the yeah. they they listen to Rihanna or something. They have no idea." Right. So exactly. you're lucky that both your son yeah. and Rick's son, you know, did because it's it's yeah. in their it's in their veins. It's great. Well, da- Dax, he grew up listening to Metallica, you know, and right. uh, out of all the Beatles, my son loves George Harrison the most. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> it's right. uh, just just a strange. Uh, way they look at things but they they're so smart i mean they they retain all that information they know it all dax grew up listening to metallica you better make sure you're not looking for a drummer on that first night on that friday <laughs> he might be trying to find a way to get to the stadium oh well he, he could be- fit right in i'm telling you he could, uh, <laughs> he could push that guy off the stool <laughs> you may need your son to sub for dax on the first night just because he might try he's, to get into the Metallica show. He's capable, I tell you. If Dax wanted to do that, I'd be all for it. <laughs> well, I'll Not tell sure you what, Metallica everybody would like that much. Yeah, right. Uh, anyway, everybody go see Cheap Trick. I mean, anytime, anywhere you can see Cheap Trick, go see him because they're always awesome. And if you're in Vegas, one of my favorite cities, and uh, uh, so glad you guys. Are, it's amazing what's going on with music in Vegas right now. There's just so many acts doing. Oh, yeah residencies are coming through there at the stadiums the clubs everything it's amazing so uh 25th and 26th of february march 4th and march 5th at the strat cheap trick doing these very unique set lists as you just heard robin say is there a chance you would do more and add more shows at some point in vegas well we'll see how this goes and if it if it if need be we can do more stuff you know, it might be the same idea later on because more people want to uh, see that uh, decade show. And it may be something else. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, they'll have to, you know, you have to have uh, Alan or one of those promoters or somebody um, call you up and say, hey, you guys want to do something else? Uh, you know, okay. <laughs> and you mentioned at the top of this interview, before I let you go, you have a busy year lined up in 2022 beyond the Vegas weekend. Is it just a bunch of shows? Are you going all over the world? Is it U.S. stuff? What are we looking at? We're going all over the world. We're doing um, U.S., we're doing uh, U.K., we're doing Germany and um, Portugal and that whole uh, European thing. And then Australia, we're doing that, and we're doing Japan. And So uh, in South America, we've got shows coming up in South America. So it's going to be a, a, a year-long deal. Fingers crossed it can all happen, right? Exactly. And you know, a lot of it's not up to us. We can make plans with the promoters, and but every single plan is tentative, you know, because right. of uh, because of it. Yeah. And last thing, In Another World, phenomenal record. We did a whole Thank thing you. with the whole band, of course, when it came out. 
Uh, you're still putting so, a couple songs in the set every night from that. I saw you do it in Florida, sounding great. Have yeah. you guys knocked around the idea of another record yet, or is that still a bit down the line? Well, that's kind of what I'm doing here right now is uh, just thinking about what it can be like and uh, maybe getting some ideas for songs and stuff. Um, but yeah, we're going to do another record. You know, if we didn't, we'd probably give it up. Right. Yeah. You had mentioned that for you guys, you could easily lean on the catalog, but it, for you, it's important to make new music and put out new it music is. every couple of years. Yeah, it is. And there's no reason to not do it when it's as good as the recent records. So, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And if it yeah, wasn't, man. if it was just a bunch of pablum, you know, we'd probably give it up anyway. So, yeah, but you, you got to remember there's three, there's, you know, with songwriters in, in the band that I'm in, I mean, come on, <laughs> you know, there's three songwriters and, uh, and it works pretty well, I think. And we even had Tom back up there singing a lead vocal in Florida the other night. That was so That's great to right. see him up there doing yeah, it. I, I mean, it. Yeah, that was his idea. Uh, you know, we all said, go ahead, man. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great welcome back to see Tom uh, back on stage and singing and playing. And it was awesome. So, well, it listen, sure man, was. it's always great to talk to you and see you. And I will see you in Vegas because I do plan to catch one of the shows, one of them at least. And everybody go see Cheap Trick at the Strat Vegas again Last weekend of February, first weekend of March, get your tickets. Uh, just go to CheapTrick.com or whatever website, uh, Ticketmaster, whatever's handling the tickets, and uh, go see one of the truly great bands we have out there still kicking ass. Good to see you, my friend. I'll look forward to seeing you uh, in Vegas, if not sooner. We love you, Eddie, and uh, looking forward to seeing you. Same here, man. Stay Thank you. Take care. Stay safe. Well, as I mentioned, that interview was also done over Zoom, so there is complete video of it. And you can check that out on the SiriusXM app if you have Sirius or XM radio. I certainly hope you join me every day on the radio show on 106, the Daily Trunk Nation, live daily, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Again, that's where all these interviews come from. So coming up next, Richie Kotzen. And as I mentioned, uh, Richie Kotzen, when he did this interview a few weeks ago, it was in advance of shows that he had coming up with Adrian Smith. He did a record with Adrian Smith under the name Smith Cotson. So he was promoting the five shows they did on the West Coast. Those shows have all since happened. By the way, they all got rave reviews. I unfortunately did not make any of them just because of logistics, but I know people who did go and they said they were phenomenal. So hopefully they'll be able to link up again to play some live shows somewhere down the line. Richie finishing off the Winery Dogs record and also getting ready for some solo dates, and is with me right now on the Monsters of Rock cruise, where he is performing solo. Phenomenal talent. Here he is, Richie Kotzen. Richie. Hey. So Adrian was supposed to be on with you today, and he bailed at the last second. Is there trouble already in the Smith-Kotzen camp? Has he had enough of you, maybe? <laughs> no, absolutely not. There's no trouble whatsoever. Of course not. I just figured he had enough of your hijinks and your funny teeth and all your, your antics. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and that's really the reality. I, I have this vision uh, early on. I, I scared him so bad, and it was completely unintentional. And, and usually, you know, my antics are pretty deliberate. But um, somehow that he was getting out of his his. Hey, 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 hold on. Are you on a speaker? Rachie, are you on a speaker yeah, or something? You yeah. yeah, it's terrible. Pick up the phone. Please. Is this better? You got this Yeah, now? anything's better that you're talking right into. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? 
Yeah. So go ahead. What was your latest antic? So, you know, anyway, uh, you know, you brought up my, my, uh, you know, my antics and, and I actually early on when we were working together, um, I scared him, uh, on accident, but, um, he was getting out of his car and I had just, I came out the front door of my house and I had something that I was going to throw away and I, I, I threw it in the back of my pickup truck because I have to drive it down to the bottom of the hill to, to put it in the trash bin. So somehow the timing worked where he was coming right around the back end of the truck and whatever I threw was like a box or something. It landed in the bed of the pickup truck and made like this huge like boom. <laughs> it happened right as he was walking around the back. So he didn't see it, you know, land in there. And I could see him and he just jumped like right out of his skin. And that was the beginning of the, of the, of the, of the relationship as far as writing. And then one of the other things I did, it was Christmas time and he was over here and we were working together and I had wrapped up a picture of myself. That was the inner sleeve of into the black. Somehow someone made a poster out of this. And it's huge. <laughs> yes. I know it's the photo It's you're very yes, glamorous in that photo. <laughs> yeah. And I'm laying on a, on the bed I'm like laying on the side across the bed pose. And so I wrapped this thing uh, in Christmas paper. And I said, listen, I said, uh, I know it's Christmas. I wanted to get you something. I give him this big poster. I mean, it's huge. He's like, Oh, right. Right. You know, he starts un- unwrapping it and he looks at it. He goes, right. It's quite lovely in it. And I'm like, yeah, it is. I said, it's for you. And I don't, you can put that in your house wherever you want. I know, you know, Natalie's got a lot of artwork. So you guys can put that in the entry anywhere you want. And he's like, he's, he's leaving. He's taking it. I'm like, dude, I said, I'm totally kidding, man. It's just a joke. He's like, oh, man. He said, thank God. He said, I didn't know what to do with this thing. But you got it. I'm laughing so hard because I know that photo. For people that don't know that photo, you have to see it's Richie in his most uh, glamorous and and, and pinup mode, if you will. It looks like a centerfold. So I could understand. By the way, brilliant record. Photo inside, yeah. I can't, I can't imagine you know, Adrian, I mean, who's a very mild-mannered guy. Man, you know, well, I know. I know. My... Yeah. So wait a minute. So you, so before you decided to do a band with Adrian Smith, you, you guys were clearly friends and met, so he must have known going in that there was going to be some ball-busting, and he's a pretty mild-mannered guy, so that dynamic <laughs> must be pretty interesting. No, we get on real well. No, we, we really get on great. It's really great. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of fun working together. And uh, actually, we've got, um, you know, we've got some new ideas, believe it or not. We actually had a time, had the time, you know, inside all of this preparation to play live, a few uh, song ideas have been flying around, too. So, you know, who knows? We'll see. So where is he now? Did he, did that he couldn't do this? Did he go to, to England or is he just not, is he busy or what happened? I don't know exactly. You know, I just got up today and found out that you and I were going to talk. So here we are. You know, um, right. I know that we're we're, we're uh, we got our first show coming up here on Saturday uh, in in Ventura at the at the theater out there, and uh, so that that'll be good. And then we've got these uh, other shows. You know, the whiskey. We're coming to. Are you going to be in Vegas, by the way? When we're in there. I'm going to try. I'm fully aware of the date and I want to see you badly. So I'm definitely going to try. It's on my calendar. I'm just not sure if I can get back there in time, but I'm going to try. Um, I, I saw the dates though. I ran them down 15th. So you play in, in Ventura, California 
as the first show on the 15th, which is this Saturday. And then you've got like, what, four or five days before the next gig at the Whiskey. Why the break in there? That's just the way they booked it. You know, these things are not really, uh, you know, totally in our control all the time. You know, obviously, you know, it would be nice to just kind of get get on the horse and stay on there, you know, and just play right through. But it really comes down to, to what, what rooms are available. And, and, you know, a lot of the questions I'm getting – online you know why aren't you coming here why aren't you coming there and basically you know we have limited time uh and we wanted and you know it's really difficult to plan a tour now obviously with all the covid things going on so we wanted to do something that we thought was possible and and feasible and 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 so it just came together that these california shows and the vegas show you know we were able to get out there and do them you know obviously we'd like to go all over but um, you know, we figured, well, we can pull this off now. Let's try to, you know, exploit this time that we have together and, and do some shows and show the group and, and, and get in front of people. Was it important for you to do some live shows with this so that people knew this really was a thing versus a project? Like, and I don't know, maybe you do view it as a project versus a full blown band, but you know, I, I talked to a lot of artists and they feel that to really validate what they've done on record. They feel like they at least need to do a handful of shows to show people it's a real band. Was that important in your thinking? No. And you know, it's funny that that came up years ago when we did the winery dog record. And I, I don't think in those terms, I never did to me. Uh, the music is where my focus is. So, you know, the minute you write songs and you record them and you put them out there, you know, that, that's that's it. You did it. You wrote, you created the music. You know, live is a whole other thing. To me, live doesn't validate or discredit anything. That's a different animal. To me, the focus is writing the song, recording it, and then eventually, you know, presenting it, releasing it for, for people to listen to. So, you know, that's the beginning and the end of the validation for me. Now, if you can get out there and play, then that's great. But if you don't, it doesn't discredit your art form whatsoever. So that's something that other guys get involved in that conversation. I I don't really even think about it, but on on having said that, obviously, you know, getting out and playing is great. And I haven't really, aside from that, you know, sitting in with Buck Cherry a while back here in California, when they played, I haven't been on stage in two years. So, you know, this is, uh, there's all kinds of, things going on here in my mind figuring out you know all right how, how's this going to go how's that going to go and and you know during the pandemic you know lockdown a lot of guys were woodshedding and playing i i went the other way i didn't do anything <laughs> so you know what i mean I'm not, I'm not trying to get back on the horse here and uh oh yeah remember who i was yeah yeah i can do this i can sing i can play you know are you um are have you guys rehearsed yet for the for the show yeah. this weekend and and, and yeah, set list wise, what are you going to do? Are you, I, mean, I imagine you're going to do the album, you're going to do the, the EP stuff, uh, but are you going to do? Will there be a couple Maiden songs? Will there be a couple of your solo songs? How are you going to fill out the set? Yeah, that's right. That's a good question. So we got um, actually before I, I tell you about the set, I, I do want to mention we got a smoke and rhythm section. Um, we got the drummer Bruno Valverde, who you'd know from the band Angra. He's playing drums with him. This guy's a, a monster. And mm-hmm. my wife, Julia Lazzi, is playing bass 
And uh, oh. those people that don't know, yeah, she's you know been a, an arena artist in her country in Brazil for 17, uh, 13 years. She was in a band down there that played arenas regularly. And so uh, she's killing it on the bass, and they sound incredible together, uh, just making it real easy. So wait, you've got a whole, I. you've got an all Brazilian rhythm section. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> so we got some good food here on the breaks too, you know, the, in between. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, that's but, um, that. Anyway, so, and then set list wise, like song wise, what if what are you gonna what are you gonna do outside of stuff that's on the record? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we got the record, obviously, which is nine songs, and then we got the EP. So that's another four. So we've got what's that? Thirteen original compositions, and then you know, I don't want to literally say what you know. I want to you know, I want to have a little bit of element of surprise, but we've got it rounded out. So I think it's going to be a solid look, you know, and uh, and it's fun playing this stuff, man. It's it's really cool to actually it's perfect for me to come back in the mix doing shows where I can share lead vocals, you know, being that I've been out of the game for so long. So it's nice to, you know, have Adrian singing half halfway and me the other half and, and the same thing with the solos. So so far, it's been real cool. I think it's going to be great. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, the vocal thing trading off is one thing, but the thing that I think is interesting for you is the fact, and I, I call it when you and Adrian were both on together when the the record originally came out, I talked about this, is that, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but m almost everything you've done, whether it was when you were in Poison, when you, Mr. Big, your solo stuff, has always been you as the single guitar player, single guitar yeah. thing. So this is, yeah. in a way, this is really different for you playing share, splitting guitar isn't it yeah i get you know i'm you're saying that and i'm saying yeah you're right but then i remember i had this group uh 40 deuce years ago and, and there yeah. was another guitar player who did a lot of the writing with me so um and but you know in that band when we play we did play live you know we toured italy and i was the lead singer so i wasn't really playing much guitar so yeah you're right i guess this is more you know um a shared, you know, 50, 50 kind of, kind of thing. Cause even in that other band, you know, I, I actually played less guitar than he did. So, uh, yeah, you're right. And that's a good record, by the way, if people want to hear a really cool hard rock record that Richie did that flew under the radar, certainly here in America, the band was called 40 deuce. That was really cool. Is the window Richie to do this now? Because you've also got to get it in before Adrian ramps up with Iron Maiden. We know they've got a record and schedule and this whole global yeah. thing that they hopefully will be able to get in. Uh, is that the idea too, is to try to get these dates in before he, you lose him to that world? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, this is like the perfect window. And, and then, you know, like I was saying, people tell, why aren't you coming here or there? You know, we're trying to do the best we can to at least get out there on some level and and show the group and, and play. So, uh, you know, this was the window that made sense. You know, we've got some UK dates that, that are up as well um, that we're looking forward to. So, uh, but yeah, you know, we, we have the time we have, so we're trying to take advantage of that. The website is smithcotson.com. And again, the band is simply called Smith Cotson, Adrian Smith and Richie Cotson together. The record's killer. And again, there are uh, just a handful of U.S. dates if you're in California or the one in Vegas, which is coming up at Vamped on the 22nd. Got the Whiskey on the 20th, Ventura on the 15th, San Diego 23rd, and Roseville, California 26th. 
and Morro Bay, California, 27th. So that's it for U.S. shows for now. Again, more details at smithcotson.com. Let me hit you with a couple quick other things before I let you go. What's the latest on the Winery Dogs record? I know you guys were working. Where does it stand now as far as the progress? Yeah, I will tell you, but real quick, Eddie, you might have said this, and I, I, I didn't remember. Are you going to be in Vegas when we play there? I don't know for sure, but I'm going to do everything I can to try to be there, yes. If I can, I don't know yeah. the, yet for sure. So I'm sorry to, to sidetrack and answer your question yet. Yeah. Uh, Winery Dogs record, I would say it's probably 85% done. I've got all my uh, guitars done I, and all my lead vocals and a couple harmonies here and there. But basically now what, what, I, what I'm looking to do or what we're looking to do is to get Mike to do some percussion and, and we want Billy and Mike to do their vocal harmonies, you know, get their voices on there. And then once they do, uh, once they do their harmonies and whatever percussion Mike wants to do, then I'll take it back and maybe tweak a few things and do some. Maybe I'll do a, a couple over overdubs here and there, and uh, it'll be done before you know it. I think it's going to be done pretty quick. Do you plan to get it out this year? Well, that I don't know. We didn't really discuss when we're going to release it, and, and the thing is. Uh, like a lot of acts, I'm sure, you know, the Winery Dogs is is such a, a touring type thing. You know, I think a lot of the, the magic with that group comes together on stage. And so we want to make sure that when we set this up, that we can get out in front of people and play. So, and now it's, you know, obviously it's a little choppy trying to organize all this. And, and uh, I think once the thing's done, and we can sit back and listen to it, and it's mixed, and we know, okay, this thing is done and ready. Then we're going to come up with a plan on how to release it and when to release it. But, it, you know, to guess at it, you know, the soonest, I think, would be like the end of this year, beginning of next year. I think that's realistic, you know, to set it up right and, and make sure, you know, that we have a way to get it out there. And direction-wise, as far as people wondering, you say it's 85% done, uh, the first record, second record, similarities between the two records, but also pretty different records too, in some ways. What what did you guys go for direction-wise with this record? What can you tell people who are excited about it what to expect musically? Well, you know, we never discuss direction. Uh, we just go and write and see what comes out. But in sitting back listening to it, as it is now in its current state, it reminds me more of the first album than the second album, only because on the second album, I think the production, we went into a few different directions. You know, some of the songs, I don't know, I think we explored some territory on the second record that didn't exist on the first record. And this stuff to me sounds a little more raw, I guess you'd say, maybe more uh, more true to what the band sounds like live, like a, a trio. and. It might be because I didn't really do a lot of overdubs. You know, it's really just guitar, bass, and drums. Not, like I said, I don't know where it's going to end up because there's still plenty of opportunity for me to totally fuck this thing up. <laughs> but um, no, no, I'm just kidding. No, I think it's going to be good. I think people are going to like it. I mean, I play it in my car here and there, and, and I, I like it. So, like I said, it's just a matter of getting their voices on there, some harmonies and some, you know, percussion, maybe a couple little guitar Maybe I'll double a couple lines here or there, or, you know, that sort of thing. But we're, I'm trying to keep it pretty, pretty raw, pretty you know, power trio sounding, you know. 
Good, good, good. And people know that people may or may not know a couple of years ago, you put out an album of 50, 50 new songs for your 50th birthday. So you'd certainly have had an insane solo output. But that being said, do you have another solo record in you at some point? Have you been thinking about that or have you been focused on just yeah, the winery I got, dogs? I got three more albums that are finished uh, that I'm waiting to release for the right time. Are you serious? No, 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 I'm kidding. Well, but anything, uh, I, you, put, I, you put out 50 songs, so you're that insane that maybe you did. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, like I said, I didn't really work much through the pandemic. You know, I did some, some housework and, and stuff out in the property. But uh, as far as music, I, I do have a couple of songs that are pretty cool that, that would be suited only for, for myself to release. And so they're sitting there, you know, kind of, on the operating table, so to speak. And, but at some point, you know, I'll put something together. I, I don't feel like I need to, to run off right now and, and make a, another album. You know, we got this, you know, the SK stuff is, is new, the 50 for 50. I never actually toured on that. I planned on it, but you know, obviously that came down and now, you know, there's a winery dog record just about done. So, you know, I think I'm pretty set for a while as far as putting stuff out, you know, and the last thing is uh, your late addition uh, recently added to the Monsters of Rock cruise next month. Are you looking forward to that? What do you got planned there? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's that. That's the funny thing is that was the last show that I played before all this uh, lockdown stuff happened, and it'll be the first one that I do. You know, I'm talking about it as a solo act. It'll be the first one that I do coming back out. So. Um, I'm 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 looking forward to that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I was really really happy to see that you got added on to that. So I'll definitely be seeing you there as well. All right, man. Well, listen. Always good to catch up with you. Uh, final thing your your uh, your your prediction on your Eagles. As much as it pains me to say it, your Eagles are in the playoffs. Are Ain't you optimistic? Something? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's crazy how that happened. I know. I was watching that. I, I kind of can't believe it. I, you know, I, I don't know. And then they got to go right against Tom Brady, don't they? That's how they're coming out of the gate. So good luck. Uh, yeah, probably one uh, and done. Yeah. Well, you know, you never know. They did win the Super Bowl, didn't they? Could could be worse. Your team could have been uh, four and thirteen like mine, and an embarrassment to football. So you yeah, had at least they, something that, to watch. New York beat the New York beat the Eagles too. Remember that game? How embarrassing is that? That one of one of my pathetic wins is against your team. That's terrible. That's horrible. I know, it's horrible. <laughs> Say hello oh, to your brother. wife, man. I'm, I'm, that's very cool that she's going to be playing with you. Julie is a great bass player, so that's going to be a killer rhythm section. So say hi to her, and uh, I, I hope I'm going to do everything I can to get to Vegas. Uh, just a question of my schedule, but if I can get there, I want to. I of course want to see this. So smithcotson.com, the dates are there. Keep up with everything going on with Richie on his own site as well, which is richiecotson.com, social media, all of that. Hopefully I'll see you in a bit in Vegas, man. Thanks for uh, checking in. All right, cheers. Bye. Well, great to visit with Richie as always. Look forward to the next Winery Dogs record and see what else he has cooking. Thanks earlier to Robin Zander as well on this week's podcast. I'm Eddie Trunk. I hope you follow me on social media to keep up with everything going on at Eddie Trunk. Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook. EddieTrunk.com is the website. All my appearances are on the homepage. Be sure to check those out. And thanks to Joel Pollack for producing the podcast. Hope to catch you on the radio live every day, 2 o'clock Eastern time on Volume Sirius XM Channel 106. And I'll catch you back here next Thursday for another all-new episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Thank you for listening.